Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And as I said today, we are here to talk about why the fight after AEW All Out was best for business. Now, Michael Hamlet, that sounds like a preposterous justification for what happened. Explain why we are here to talk about that today. So that title or that idea, I guess, crossed my mind uh, during what I thought was a thrilling episode of AEW Dynamite, probably my favourite AEW Dynamite of the year. Um, I was gripped by almost all of the very kayfabe, very corporate entertainment, just days after everything in real life appeared to be falling apart behind the scenes in AEW. And I don't know, I was just instantly reminded of other similar situations where the real lives of a pro wrestling company, be it the wrestlers, the promoters, whomever, were just laid bare. All the ugliness, all the things that we're so rarely exposed to, or all we ever get is hearsay, uh, and how positive changes occurred in the aftermath. There are two very obvious examples. One, quite current, and one less so. Of course, we go back to Montreal. There's been a lot of Brett and Sean this week because of a fight they'd had prior to Montreal and Brett hitting Vince. Physical violence, basically. Yep. like All of the politics and everything else that goes into wrestling leading to physical violence. There are, of course, links to CM Punk's fight with the EVPs. But then also... Um, obviously nothing to do with physical violence here, the recent uh, resignation in disgrace of Vince McMahon. Uh, again, a situation that nobody really could have foreseen, but then all of the realities of the situation are laid bare, and then suddenly there are sweeping changes. These changes aren't always things that you would have been pressed to do otherwise. You would have maybe tried to cling on to things being fine, even if they weren't. WWE did, certainly for about 20 years. So there's just a lot of cases in wrestling where things unexpected like this can actually help in terms of a bigger picture. There are, of course, going to be political political machinations that will run and run with CM Punk and the EVPs, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and indeed Hangman Page, and potentially a few others, because these are high-level players on AEW's roster. But from a bigger picture point of view, from a creative point of view, and with other sort of things we're going to discuss, I do think it leaves uh, more opportunities than it might first present in the heat of the moment. 
Yeah, we, we talked about previously, Sid, about this sort of mm-hmm. void that has been created. You know, we've already got new trios champions, obviously, following this week's Dynamite. We've got this tournament of champions that is coming our way <laughs> uh, and has already seen the first round match, obviously, on last night's Dynamite with, with Brian Danielson advancing to sort of the semi-final stage. What, what happens next in terms of titles, in terms of personnel? How do you see this playing out going forward? Um, I'll get to that imminently. Um, but can you um, recall, right, and this kind of ties into this podcast, it might even be a sequel of sorts, right, that we recorded a podcast along the lines of how um, WWE destroyed AEW's growth. Yes. And one of the points I made was that WWE fans are accustomed to, and in large number, are very much watching matches with a small, fixed cast of characters, the biggest stars of which kind of often wrestle one another, whereas... Tony Khan, who's got a big quarterly pay-per-view um, model, mm-hmm. tends to really shy away from his dream matches, like build, 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 build them up. And maybe that approach is too patient. And maybe in the wake of All Out 2021 last year, people thought they were going to get more um, dream matches. Didn't happen. They tuned out all the rest of it. What Hamlet has said is true. There is precedent for absolute chaos backstage to sort of encourage viewers to, in a car crash sort of way, to tune in to watch, well, how can they possibly make use of this? It's not quite all publicity is good publicity because look at something like Roman Reigns winning the 2015 Royal Rumble. Everyone hated that. And I think it was Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics who plotted the path of WWE's audience decline. Um, That's past tense now, funnily enough. Mm -hmm. It's growing now. Um, so it's not necessarily bad creative decisions and controversy and splitting the audience down the middle are going to like enable good business or facilitate good business. A big backstage like bombshell could drive viewership, and if they like it, they could stick around. And what's happening with Grand Slam is that uh, the thing that we've, and a few fans by consensus are starting to think about AEW is that, come on, the dream matches aren't coming, yeah. and the fact that people are getting injured to ruin a year and a half build in the case of Christian Cage, people are getting unsettled and not feeling like they're getting enough opportunities, like Bobby Fish, the undisputed elite era thing, feels like ridiculous at this point. Um, so ultimately, I think now that this tournament represents a great opportunity to do the opposite direction. We are seeing matches between Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. We are seeing matches between Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho. And I think the final will be an all-Blackpool Combat Club final between Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Um, I think we've, I think that's the one match that we haven't seen too recently uh, because we've already seen um, Danielson versus uh, Jericho Mm -hmm. and Mox versus Jericho. So I think it'll be all Blackpool Combat Club. And honestly, at this point, I know that people are enamored with John Moxley. I am one of them. And I know he's a proven, reliable draw. Um, His run in the summer didn't get the most amazing ratings, but in 2020, Mm. he was absolutely fantastic as a draw. If you look at all the matches he had on TV as champion, I think Tony Khan might be very much encouraged um, to strap Mox up again because his record was so impressive. But I honestly think it's time to run with Danielson. People forget just how over he is. No one forgets how great he is because he reminds us literally every time he's in the ring, irrespective of the opponent. But people do forget just how over he is. And I think that Tony Khan, if anything, is maybe at Brian's urging, you know what he's like, a very selfless guy. Uh, but maybe at Brian's urging, maybe it's just his idea, but he hasn't really gone with him as the guy. And I truly think he could be the guy and where 
Mox is probably a bigger draw in 2020 than he was this year. Like Danielson in the ace role is the unproven quantity, and he's so reliable other than his injury record, of course. Maybe that will be considered. But I think you'll give the ball to Danielson, mm. and I think Danielson will do very well with it. But just in terms of a general ratings pattern, this inciting incident which is the incendiary presser, might be the Montreal moment where people thought, well, I'll have to tune in to WWF. Mm. Or would wait, Austin's great, and it kind of sort of in, like catalyzed WWE's growth at the time. Maybe this could be something similar um, with AEW. Danielson in the ring on the microphone can be trusted to build interest in all of the stories. And this sort of series of dream matches for the next two weeks could really make fans think that, you know, this could be best for business. Mm. I know I'm rambling. I will no, make no, no. one more point. And we know what the ceiling is for AEW Dynamite's ratings because they haunted uh, Vince McMahon this time last year, um, pretty much identically this time last year. In fact, they were really, um, they were beaten raw um, in two consecutive weeks in the demo. I don't have the particular demo number to hand, but I'm pretty sure it was point, like 0.45, 0.46, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe 0.47, that kind of region, which now would be well below WWE's, but still enough to really drive AEW's business forward. I think I just think to build on that, yeah, I think what we, I remember us discussing this and I think as a fan base at large, everybody discussed it upon All Out 2021 sort of revealing Adam Cole and Brian Danielson joining CM Punk as this. I think like CM Punk himself was reminded that last year there was a kind of a turn of the outsiders jumping shit to AEW. It became, well, what's the new ceiling for ratings? We found it and it was a lot lower than I think we expected. So then it, it became, well, what's next? How it was beaten raw, so it, it, was, it was good. It, it was beaten raw, but like the, the demo. Like two weeks. Two for, weeks. For, for like a couple of weeks and then obviously I know the millions thing was always uh, like mythologized by people that weren't related to AW, but then you get to <laughs> well what if it gets to like 1.2 or 1.3 and there was a couple of them in there and then a million became the average every week so you think well surely the only way is up and then it just gradually found its place a little bit lower again um so the question started being well so we've got those what can it be is there any other you know you you then pretty much left with the rock for example and it's not going to be the rock or a steve austin or whomever and it's not going to be one single story because there's been some awesome stories uh punk and mjf i believe surgical correct me if i'm wrong like it wasn't like an instant sellout in chicago on television am i right no, like uh, no the first match they did before revolution was in chicago it got a middling rating and the announcement of the match didn't really shift too yeah. much in the way of extra tickets so you've got the big star and the the best feud that the company was running at the time, and these things still weren't it. So then, other than something like this, which you would never manifest, you have to think of outside-the-box stuff, and without them forthcoming, maybe you fall upon this instead. Again, it's all about what you do with this potential extra attention. But there yeah, is, you kind of have to do with Tyson and Austin, this which, is it, which yeah. good luck, by the way, because that's one of the best yeah. things that's <laughs> ever happened in wrestling. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Before we go any further though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. But it's now, uh, mentioning this void again, it's now about seizing these opportunities, isn't it? I mean, obviously, MJF's back, and I have no doubt that he will be world champion, if not by the end of this year, very soon. Um, but it's also now an opportunity for the the Pillars, for example. We've obviously got Sammy versus Darby on Friday night on Rampage, and you know, I'd like the promo that Jungle Boy cut on Dynamite. It's a chance for them to reestablish themselves, because I think... I don't want to say lost in the shuffle, but if they've sort of been, there's a lot of noise and a lot of people, and we talk about this roster bloke. This is now there's a, you you mentioned about you know um, when you had all these gaps at the top of the roster in WWF and Triple H and Rock and Austin suddenly going oh this is our time was it post WrestleMania 14 yeah. you always talk about well this is it so that was kind of like. Post WrestleMania 14 was kind of the the very important follow on to the ramifications of the Montreal screw job because Sean was gone as well, so he was gone. Um, that's a what if that I think it's best not to think about sometimes because as much as talent is vital, luck and timing are kind of just as crucial in pro wrestling for companies and for wrestlers individually. And with Sean Michaels there, say politic in the Rock out of the way, or Steve Austin or Triple H never really getting any kind of spotlight, and thus a new DX not being born. So you don't get the Outlaws, you don't get X Pac, the Nation don't thrive under the Rock, and so on, and that builds the roster along with building the new stars it's not just two or three headline opportunities it splinters down and that immediately immediately felt the case for me personally on last night's dynamite we talked in a, a long dynamite preview trying to just pass everything that had happened yes. after the punk presser about how company morale will be and it was my belief that it would be case by case some wrestlers would see what CM Punk had said and maybe agree with some of it, maybe feel like he was reflecting some of their own personal frustrations and go to work head slung low thinking this place is finished, I need to text my friends that are in WWE and see what my options are. Some would immediately look at the gap and think, I wish it hadn't happened this way, but there's a renewed spotlight on me and I'm going to take that opportunity. The vibe for me personally, subjectively watching Dynamite, it's recording this on a Thursday last night, was that everybody, everybody seemed to take this as an opportunity. I can't think of one wrestler or performer last night that felt like they were phoning it in Mm -hmm. or one wrestler or performer that didn't feel like they were fighting for the cause which, again, is a credit to 
AEW, um, a credit to Tony Khan that there was a cause they wanted to fight for. If you think of WWE at the height of the Attitude Era, all of those wrestlers were so worked into hating WCW that when the company bought WCW, they didn't want to put them over. Undertaker. Undertaker. They still believe yeah, <laughs> your Bradshaws and your Undertaker still, like, as locker room leaders, they're WCW, Jabbers. It's like, they're your colleagues now. They're your co- like, everyone should be helping everybody else out. Last night, AEW, there was a sense of, with John Moxley as the kind of the leader of the team, and MJF as the big star that's been waiting for the big moment, and all the other people that kind of were suddenly thrust back into the spotlight, that I just felt there was a genuine sense of optimism. Now I appreciate these are my feelings, and for all we know, there could be... There'll be 0.32 in the bloody well, way. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and the thing is as well, uh, despite various team meetings about how stop feeding the sheets, stop feeding the sheets, within a couple of weeks, we could find out that morale's rock bottom since Punk and the Elite left. There could be people that Kenny Omega was a big fan of that he'd said, you know, after uh, All Out, it's going to be you against us in the trios, and they've just lost... You know, for all, this is all my speculation, but windows of opportunity occurred for, for example, I keep looking at Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. They were two pillars, and AEW had built within us, as a fan base, a trust that here they are fighting in a singles match, then they're going to fight for the TNT title or part of all-star tag teams of Sting and Chris Jericho. Then they're going to fight again for the world title. And you're going to be able to map and like chart the progression of these two young, not nobodies, but they weren't TV stars before AEW. And you've seen them go from the bottom to the top. Everything just stalled as part of the signing spree, as part of every single time we said, we well, can't send everyone, but you should sign in. You can't send everyone, but you'd, like we did it ourselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're, like you look at these case by case and you would take them all. But ultimately the impact was on them more than anybody else, not just in terms of motivation and all that sort of other stuff. You are very literally lifting four people off the top of the card. So if everybody, they're sort of in that like middle tier moves up, then the lower tier moves up to the middle and everybody starts feeling the momentum. I can already feel the comments of people saying we're sat here this time shilling for AW despite the last video we were shilling for WWE or whatever. <laughs> um, it's promising as, as Hamlet says there for the, I'm going to call them the AW originals just to make things easier here. But we should also caveat this by just because it's best for business. You and I were mourning what could have been on last night's Dynamite with MJF as well. Yes, TM Punk just completely blew up his spot. Think of how great the MJF promo would have been had CM Punk not decided to light a match and just set the company on fire, which is what he did, which is absolutely what he did. Three months, MJF has usually a week, yeah, and he creates something seminal, something brilliant, something iconic, something quotable, something that drives interest in a program out the airs, right? You had three months, and you knew you was going to nail it. You absolutely knew he was going to nail this. And what we got on last night's Dynamite, again, we are recording on Thursday afternoon here, was a very great MGF promo. But for me, it just absolutely felt bittersweet. Um, It's interesting that we're having this conversation in this podcast because we're not unanimous. Maybe I've had a little bit of copium (laughs) just then when I'm talking about what Danielson could do because they have kind of already telegraphed that it's MGF versus Mox. So maybe it's copium here. CM Punk is like a big star for this company. And look, we had this situation last year where I thought it was a genius play or at least a very well-intentioned play for Tony Khan to go, look, immediately after All Out, we are going to canonize the pillars and put them all in big spots. Jungle Boy got the tag team title in January. Um, Sammy Guevara got the TNT title. Um, MGF went on the feud of his life with um, CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, Darby had a feud with MGF, which it all, you know, it was meant to be this big deal. And what happened? Very little. Um, Four people in a roster of 400 (laughs) still isn't like, doesn't create that many spots. But it's also understandable for you to 
to have some copium with it all. You wrote a brilliant book about the rise of AEW, Becoming All Elite, uh, which is available right now, of course. I did. And, uh, you know, you, you obviously heap a lot of praise on um, the elite part of all this. And now the question becomes, who is going to come back? What happens next? Who stays? Who goes? Will CM Punk ever be back in AEW? He's facing six to eight months on the sidelines, mm-hmm. right? So in that time, the last time he was on the sidelines, his mood completely darkened, and then this happened. So God, who the hell knows? Like, honestly, there might be a mental health issue. These are all very significant conversations that we might end up having. Who the hell knows, right? Um, So I just don't know about CM Punk's future, whether he even wants to come back. Mm -hmm. To me, and this is just me personally, subjectively inferring the situation, maybe he just wanted to do all out, in Chicago, and he does love his Chicago fans. He always has, even though he's fell out of love with wrestling. Maybe he just thought, I'm going to light a goddamn match to this and just finish it off. Finish the legend of CM Punk. I can't be arsed with it for whatever reason, but I'll do one more thing in Chicago. It felt like an exit promo. What did he expect to happen? Yeah. What on earth could he have possibly expected to happen other than him getting challenged literally to open his locker room door as he actually invited to do. I just it just feels to me like he's not thought about the future himself that this is his ex- it just scans now more and more and more like an exit promo. Kenny Omega saved a dog shouldn't have been suspended in my opinion. But well, this is your this is your big concern. I'm you know, being we facetious. Talk, but we were talking about this on the Dynamite Review podcast. I'm being facetious. <laughs> I don't know the full facts. Your concern is now... That's going to be called All Wrestling because none of the elite <laughs> are in it. <laughs> Just call it All Wrestling because, like, ultimately, don't change the name of the company. That's absolutely stupid. If anything else, their contributions to it should be remembered forever because they are so much more significant than I think a lot of people in this week's discourse are prepared to admit um, I should read your book. Yeah, absolutely should. Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW <laughs> on Amazon, where whichever domain, just buy it. Um, but yeah, it will. people say the heart and soul is John Moxley. I would absolutely agree with that. The idea that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks aren't involved in it, either as talent or, as I would expect, post um, their in-ring career, that they would be agents or at least ambassadors or something to do with that company. Um, it's too surreal, and honestly, it grims me out to even think about this eventuality. I think they'll be back. I'm far more certain about them coming back than CM Punk at this stage, um, but I was very much troubled when they were taking out the intro. There's no interim titles. It's scary stuff, and honestly, like this is what happens when you lose control of the locker room, which clearly has what happened. I want to say, I think my esteemed colleague is speaking on behalf of a lot of people as relates to the elite's presence within AEW. Not for me. Uh, this has been something I've struggled to... I would hate CM Punk to leave AEW, so I get the idea of not wanting wrestlers to leave an organisation, I do. But there's definitely something running deeper with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I don't want Punk to leave because I don't really think there's anywhere else for him, and I like watching him do this again, regardless of what mood he's in, because you get this when he's in a bad mood, and you get the MJF program when he's in his best one. So, you know, like, I, I kind of like him warts and all. Omega and the Young Bucks is different. And, like, hang on, page, but Omega and the Young Bucks, now that Cody's left especially, so there's already that kind of, like, that chink in the armour of what was this original formation yeah. of AEW. So it's Ken and the Young Bucks feel even more a crucial part and bedrocks within the company. But I, Cody going changed my mindset 
completely. I remember when the elites contracts were coming up and Cody's was included. And I just assumed the entire time when Cody was saying, ah, I haven't signed yet, but I will do. I was like, it's a work. They're going to sign. Every three years it's going to come up. And it's going to be like, oh, they're, they're signed the new contracts. It doesn't matter. They're there for life. When Cody went, and Brandy, I guess, as well, like the, these core components of AW's formation, it kind of changed my perspective on the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. I would miss the work. Of course I would. Kenny Omega is incredible, but it's a lot harder to have Kenny Omega matches on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT 2.0 if you go to WWE. It's pretty cool if he goes to New Japan, but who knows, because that relationship was kind of in tatters at one point. The Young Bucks, a different conversation entirely. Um, but I think this is going to be an interesting period going forward, again, for some of the reasons I've outlined about the shape of the roster and the shape of the spaces that have opened up in their absence. Them being got, They've been there all of this time, and for the last eight or nine months, it's been a sort of accepted reality that AEW maybe hasn't been as hot as it once was, like across mm-hmm. the board. I'm not putting that in the laps of the Young Bucks, and I can't. Kenny Omega, he's been gone, you know? But I just think Steve Austin left WWE, and Hulk Hogan left WWE a couple of times, and there's always been a changeover of people that you just don't imagine will ever go. There are points where people become part of the furniture, and then suddenly they're not, because wrestling's a money business, and wrestling's a politics business, and it's a promoter's business. And I just... I think AW will be more okay without them than, and I'm going to say seemingly the consensus. I feel like reading what I've been reading about where people's struggles are with this, I think a little bit of it is rooted in the formation of the company being so about the relationship between Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and their fan base. You think about the t-shirts they would sell, you think about how much business was done at the gimmick table, and how Kenny Omega was obviously a massive money-drawing star at the highest level in Japan. But a lot of what they did was rooted in independent spirit you know, being the elite and working the Indies and working several companies all at once for the wrestlers and the friends that they made that they were able to bring along all in, like, was was a vi- in spite of some things that we later learned, was still a victory for, like, the independent spirit of independent mm-hmm. pro wrestling. Um, I personally don't think AEW's ever been that, but AEW have cultivated that because it was good for their brand and it was good for their... AEW has never been your friend. Tony Khan has never been your friend. It's a wrestling company. And I just believe this sort of stuff was three years in. I think it's quite impressive that they've gone this far without this sort of stuff showing itself. Mm. I think there's probably been more of this since the very beginning. Political disagreements, like choices that maybe weren't all that popular, swallowing your pride, all that kind of stuff. I think it's exploded now, but I think it would have happened anyway. And I just think... Some of the some of the concerns, I mean, we'll never know until it happens one way or the other, I guess. I just think this was inevitable that Kenny Omega might one day leave, that the Young Bucks might one day leave. And I guess that's in contrast to Sidrick's point it's, of, I just imagine they would always be there. It's not just a talent thing. I understand we're going long. I'll try and keep <laughs> these thoughts concise. It's not just a talent thing for me, even though I think Kenny Omega is the best actual talent of his generation. It's part of the narrative DNA of this company to have told this really ambitious, complex, layered saga with the elite so rich in detail and continuity that's not just an austin leaving Mm. wwf it's not just you know um staying leaving wcw if he had you know just a part of the furniture you would never expect to leave because the booking wouldn't really have changed or the kind of storytelling philosophy or the values wouldn't have changed they've just lost a top star who was there for years and years and years and years it's different it's not just the name all elite wrestling it's part of the narrative um identity of this company. But aren't they, isn't the whole point of their narrative is that it's theirs? So if they left, they would try their hardest to take, it's probably why Kenny would never go to WWE, because he wouldn't be able to keep that saga alive. I genuinely believe they could continue their saga elsewhere. Tony Khan assumed main control in January 2020. 
because he didn't want the elite to have quite a handle on it. If they left... But then it happened. In 2021, it was all about the elite. That's true, but it's because it's still their place to do it. I genuinely believe if they all left together, for example, they would continue it elsewhere. If they went back to New Japan, if Kenny was able to rebuild that bridge, it would continue there in earnest. Yeah, but then what does that leave AEW? Just a really great promotion with great storytelling at its best, but without any of the elite or CM Punk, who's the guy who elevated the business. I know it just feels like all wrong to me. I disagree, quite, with, I disagree with the title of this podcast. I'm, I'm quite excited for that. You shouldn't have that. pitched it. <laughs> <laughs> should not have pitched it. I welcome like things looking a little bit different. Because You've been a Fed fan for 21 years at least. Do you not think over the past 21 years, oh, it'd be good if WWE looked different? You're talking out your ass, I'm No, if the elite were gone and they go out on top, then you would always have this like, oh, that was absolutely amazing. They never, nothing ever dwindled. They never sort of passed their peak. The Elite Saga, and the Elite Saga already winds a few people up. It's becoming more divisive over the last couple of years. You know, the Hangman Page character isn't for everybody. Matt Jackson's mm. faces aren't for everybody. I heard the volume it all out, so. Matt Jackson's faces aren't Pretty for Pretty loud. It's louder than Punk's match, actually. Matt Jackson's faces aren't for everybody. Guy can't act. So, like, I just think if they were to go, you would actually get to look at all elite wrestling for what it is without them. And I don't think that's such a bad thing. It's not something nah, it's to be afraid of. The end, it's, it's the really, end of the wrestling world for me. <laughs> it's nothing to be afraid of. I think this is going to be a fascinating uh, development in AEW, and it's a conversation we will continue to have. Please do continue as well in the comments section or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch so you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Empty-headed Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... Dumb... Um, <laughs> at M. Sidgwick. Uh, you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, and make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcast this has been get the table though my thanks to the dadly boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.